I've been trying really hard to figure out how to say bandito in the style of despacito. How long have you put into doing that one task? Not that long. Okay. Basically, okay. like I was like, I've had hours? I've had like play bandito like mm-hmm. stuck in my head. And then I was like, I wonder if I could make like a whole verse out of that. And then I looked up the Despacito lyrics and I was like, no, not, I can't do that right now. You know, this is definitely going in the episode, right? I didn't know that. Well, it is. I do. <laughs> anyway. You're singing debut. Bandito. Uh, how does Despacito go again? I forget. That's it. What? That's all I know is how they say Despacito. Oh, okay. I don't know the song that well, except for that hook gets caught in my head all the time. Like Captain Hook? I know what you did that last summer. That was such a weird... You said the hook gets caught in your I head. Refuse we just got done with Halloween and this. I got very worried. Yes, long Halloween en- ended yesterday. It was great. It Fantastic. Was we, we played the new Dark Pictures game. Yeah, The Devil in Me. It's, it's a good, good one. so far. Yeah. It's about H.H. H. Holmes. Hey, yeah, there is an Irish actress in the game and she is very intent on hitting the H in H.H. H. Holmes. Well, she's an American character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She just sometimes slips up and says H, which we don't we don't say. It is America. very funny though. And it's very good so far. Yeah, it's really fun. Fun as much as a story about H. H. Holmes can be. What a what a tag. <laughs> Liz, I have a question. Liz, what are we talking about today? Uh we're doing Twitter hot takes, I think. Oh, is that what it yeah, is? Yeah. What a great way to come back. <laughs> Uh, we are talking about Bandito. All right. Well then let's hit that theme song and we'll come back and talk about Bandito. You want to do it? You want to hit the button for the theme? That's a new noise. Uh Uh-oh. Welcome to The Cooperatives, a podcast about cooperative games and the people who play them. I'm Liz. And and I'm Aaron. <laughs> That's who I am. Today we're talking about Bandito. So Bandito is a game that a lot of people have been asking us to cover for quite some time. It is a fairly simple, low-weight, cooperative game that comes in a box not much bigger than a deck of cards. And uh, it's, it's really just pretty simple. I think we played this enough times where we were actually looking for ways to make it a little bit more interesting. Um, but the general conceit of the game is that there is a prisoner in a prison cell and they are digging tunnels out of the cell to freedom. And what are we? We're the cops. Yes. <laughs> we are the cops. Yes. And we are trying to uh, uh, put cards that block off their tunnels. We are trying to just recapture them, put them back in the cell. And all of this is done uh, by the use of these cards. Right. So they're cards that are sort of similar to the size of like half of a playing card cut uh, hot dog style. Hot dog. Yes. And um, (laughs) they have little drawings on them that are like specific uh, directions in the tunnel. So, So think about it that you're sort of building a maze with the way that you place these cards. Um, And you have the opposite intention that anyone should have in a maze, which is that you want to trap the person who is at the center of it. You want to create dead ends so they can't get out. And some of the cards have dead ends on them. 
but some of them just have additional pathways or they might force you to add three or four more paths. So that becomes more pathways that you have to create dead ends onto. Um, so you could end up having a really straightforward game where you get dead ends, enough dead ends right away to, to close off the beginning tunnels. But you could also get a card that creates more tunnels, which leads to madness. Right, exactly. Um, and you start with, I believe, Four or five tunnels? Yeah, yeah. So there's there's actually or, I'm two. I'm sorry, five or six tunnels yeah, that you have to close off. And those are the two difficulty settings. Five tunnels or six. Right. Which doesn't sound like a lot, but that is a big game changer. Yeah, and well, because each tunnel can exponentially increase, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I did want to mention, you said this is a low weight game. The box says it's for ages six to ninety-nine. Which I am always like, why did they stop at 99? Yeah, it like, could have been a 100-year-old. It should just be infinity. Oh, they have you ever know. met anyone that was infinity years old? People don't, if they're infinity, they don't tell you. Oh, that's right. Right. The endless, that's right. what we call them. Um, and the game, importantly, is also slated for one to four players. So this is one of those cooperative games that only one person can play if you want. So you're basically kind of just dividing the task up if you have two people. Yeah, and I think that's something that we're going to get into when we talk about the Ko-Fi test. Because uh, games only take about 10 to 15 minutes. You do need kind of a large play area because this game does get a little unwieldy. I think that's actually a really important part to touch on mm-hmm. when reviewing this game because we played, I mean, six or seven times mm-hmm. and we ran out of room on every, every single surface that we played on. Um, and I think you're going to run out of room unless you have like a big kitchen table or dining room table with nothing else on it that you're playing on. So that's something to keep in mind because I know I had the impression um, that this was kind of a good game for travel. And some people say that it is just because the box itself is so small. It's compact. Yeah. Right. But, um, you know, if you're traveling, you couldn't certainly couldn't play this on like a train or an airplane or something. Um, You could play it on like the floor of a hotel room. So, you know, hopefully you wouldn't run out of space on a floor. But that is something I wanted to mention, because for us, that was a pretty significant limiting factor when we were playing the game. Yeah, I actually picked this up when we were on our way to Europe because I thought we could play this on the little fold-down trays on the plane. Right. No way. Yeah. We'd be playing on the wing and the cards wouldn't stay on the wing because, you know, wind, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's only the only reason. reason. <laughs> like we've been kind of describing, the game itself is fairly simplistic and that can be both good and bad because, again, you know, you can start as young as six. You could probably, if you have a particularly enterprising four or five-year-old, <laughs> teach them how to play. They got that lemonade stand and they're also playing Bandito with you. Right. Um, so you can play it, you know, with somebody who doesn't have like a the capacity for a super complex game. But that also means that sometimes the game just isn't very complex. And so, um, I've seen some, some other reviews, this never happened to us where people said, Oh, we got a bunch of dead end cards right away. Uh, because (laughs) each, each player has three cards in their hand at all times. So you can only pick to play from the three cards that are in your hand. Um, so you may, that's kind of where the game aspect comes in. You might get stuck with cards that only create additional tunnels that you don't want to have. But if, you get lucky and everybody has tunnel closers right at the beginning. You could just close it off. That never happened to us. Never happened. No. And, and I think the thing that I was banging my head against the wall with this game is 
I feel like I would have enjoyed this more as a solitaire game. Right. I actually had that same thought. So it is interesting that this is is billed as a one to four player game. And one of the reasons I think it would work well as a solitaire is you really so so we were communicating with each other about what kinds of things we had in our hand without going so far as to just play open handed. Yeah, it uh, is a little difficult to communicate in this game specifically. Right. And it just makes it harder to kind of plan ahead for how you want to treat different tunnels. But if you're playing it as a solitaire, you can kind of be a little bit more methodical about how you lay cards down. And and you touched on this at the beginning, I think. Although the game as it is, we talked about this, it almost felt, it wasn't always fun to play because we were kind of just like, okay, we're laying these cards down. It doesn't feel like we're getting to use a lot of strategy because we just kind of have these three cards uh, and and we never won, which, you know, might be a fluke <laughs> that impacted our enjoyment, but we never did because we would run out of room before we could really end everything or we would get to spots where we just didn't have any cards that would fit and allow us to end the game. So when I was learning the game to, to teach you, I played it as a solitaire and right off the bat, I got two cards that killed off two tunnels. So I was only working with one tunnel the first time I played. And I was like, this is simple. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it never repeated that plus the, uh, lack of strategy, you're just kind of playing what's in your hand and you can discard your three cards, pick up three more. It almost needs one more mechanic or one more rule or some sort of limiting factor to make you think about what's in your hand, what could be coming up or how you want to attack the situation. Cause right now it all feels a little shallow. Yeah. I mean, and I'm sure that they play tested this game before they put it out, but you know, when we were kind of discussing our feelings about it, I was thinking like, I don't know if maybe having more cards in your hand or like shuffling strategically so that a bunch of, <laughs> you know, tunnel enders are stacked in a certain spot in the deck so that that kind of affects the strategy of the play a little bit more. Like there, there maybe could be things you could do. And there is a sequel um, called Bandida mm -hmm. that sounds like it is almost the same thing just with the lady bandit and you can actually so we haven't played bandita but from what i'm seeing on the board game geek page you can implement and combine bandito and bandita right very much a sonic and knuckles situation so bandita also has some other cards in it that i think are actually designed to make the game a little bit harder which is interesting so i'm curious like in what way they change things um but yeah as it is it is simplistic and, and sort of where I kind of can't figure out my exact feelings are, yes, it would be like something that you could explain to a young kid and have fun playing with them. But if it's really hard to kind of ever reach a win state, that can be challenging too when you're playing with a young kid. As much as we want everybody to understand that you don't win all the time, like if you never win, that's not as fun for a game either. Um, so that's something to be aware of. But for the size of the game, the price point, which is I think reasonable. It was about 10 bucks. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's worth checking out. Um, and it is, it is fun. Like I love mazes and puzzles like that. So I was really excited for this kind of game. And it could be that if you play it, you know, you'll have better luck than we did, or you might figure out a way to kind of house rule it slightly that works for the play style of the people that you're playing with. It feels to me like a game you play to pass the time more than to fill your cup. 
And that can be really great. Like it's definitely a, the type of game that you can talk during mm-hmm. or watch TV during. Like, and those are also, I mean, we have games that we play like that. I mean, like, Splendor. Those is can fantastic. be really great. Yeah. Um, and so that is definitely like a good use for it. I'm sure you could turn it into a drinking game. Oh, absolutely. Really easily absolutely. If you, you can turn to. any game into a drinking game exactly. if you try hard enough. Right, right. Um, but yeah, it, it is interesting. And, and as we've talked about, it has this potential for a solitaire play as well. It, it feels a little bit to me like dominoes, not setting mm-hmm, up dominoes, mm-hmm. but where you have to match the, the sides, like kind of similar to that. Um, uh, because you do have a similar element, which we might not have directly talked about, which is, you know, some cards might have two tunnel entrances on one side and what you're trying to do. The reason it's puzzly is that you have to match up the tunnel entrances with what you already have. And that's how you can get stuck too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's how you can be forced to add more tunnels as you go through. Cause it could be that the only card you have that fits anywhere adds three more tunnels instead of taking any away. You just reminded me of some of the emotions I was feeling when I played this <laughs> game, because there would be several times where we would get to four tunnels out of five being blocked off. And I would be like, Oh good. We're almost done with the game. We're going to win. But then just due to the luck of the draw, we would inadvertently have to make like seven or eight new tunnels. And the emotions that I had feeling the game lengthen were not ideal. Yeah. And and that's kind of, I think, right. That's where I struggle a little bit. Like I said, we, we kept running into space issues and then we had several times where it was like, oh my gosh, we're going to do it. It's going to be great. And then it would just blow back up again. And Mm -hmm. suddenly we would have like six or seven tunnels. And I was like, man, that's just not very fun. Fun. And for other people, like they might love that that happened. And I, I feel like I sound like a child or something being upset that, that it, you know, takes the win away like that. But, but because it's overall kind of simplistic, it like feels icky when it suddenly takes a win away from you. It is a lack of control. Yeah. The fact that as players in the game, you don't have a ton of initiative to make choices that you feel are smart. You're only making choices dictated by the hand that you're picking up. And the rules are really just like pick up three cards or you yeah. can discard them. It's the fact that you just don't have like any yeah, power. You don't have any ability to strategize or plan ahead. Yeah. Um, and you know what? That's how like Candyland is too. Like that's how a lot of games for kids are. And so maybe we're sort of trying to apply a more finessed game style on top of what this game is. But but that is kind of how it felt to us mm-hmm. as you know, two adults who play a lot of games trying to play this. Um, I don't like hate it or anything. It's just, it, it really wasn't kind of clicking with me in the way that I hoped it would, but I think the cards are really neat and you could probably like do something fun with them. Sure. Maybe like <laughs> make some changes to the way you play it or, Put you know, the reason even I brought up the drinking game, but something like that, then there's sort of a fun, even in failure. You, if you can find a way to make it fun, even if you're not winning, then I think that would be a good use of these cards. Mm-hmm. And I, I think for me, it's a case of heightened expectations and then disappointment with the actual experience, because we've had this game for months and I've, I've been excited for us to cover it because the idea of taking a travel friendly co-op game that 
you could play pretty much anywhere with very simple rules. That really excites me. And I, I think what I, I sometimes fail to remember is that some of these games, by way of the, the rule set or the design, need to be simpler than, you know, Last Friday or Dune Imperium, something that I can really sink my teeth into. <laughs> Those are the only two types of the games we play. The only two. Like, but I also have to compare it to games like Exploding Kittens, Taco Cat, Go Cheese Pizza, well, Master right. Thief, games that are very, very similar dimensions. But for what I get out of it, feels so much more than what this game gives me. Yeah, exactly. Like we've definitely played a lot of simple games that we've really enjoyed. Some it's missing an element for me. Um, but there are a lot of reviews online with people that do enjoy it. So if we I had don't young want... kids, totally different story, I think. Yeah, or even you know, I mean these these reviews are written also by adults. So I think if if the concept of it sounds interesting to you, I don't want to like deter anybody from playing it, but if you manage your expectations, I think that's helpful. Yeah. And, and the price point definitely helps with that. It was under 10 bucks. I think I got it with a few other things. Yeah. I, I hesitate to be like, this is a bad game. Cause I don't think it is. It's just not a game for me. Yeah. So I think, why don't we talk about the the cooperative, the co-fi? Yeah, yeah. Let's do co-fi. Let's yeah, do co-fi. let's do co-fi for this game. So the the cooperative fidelity test we've talked about on a number of different uh, or rating system we've talked about on a number of episodes, um, and so you may be unsurprised to hear that this one doesn't hit all of the marks on it because it is also a solitaire game and you don't really change the rules. So um, the first element to consider in the co-fi test is that cooperation is required to win. You can't do it by yourself. And that is extra weighted in this Ko-Fi scale. And here it's a zero because you can play by yourself with basically the same rules. Um, the next part is everyone wins or no one wins. So that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't, you know, have only one of the people playing win. It's either nobody wins or everybody wins. I mean, the bandit definitely loses if we win. So does everyone really win or lose? I see what you did there. See what I did? Uh, players cannot hurt each other. I'm going to give them this. I mean, if you really wanted to like be a jerk, you could just be constantly adding more tunnels when you don't need to, but that's kind of hurting everybody. Yeah. Don't play with that person. (laughs) Right. That person is a bandit. Right. And importantly, this game does discourage quarterbacking if you play with the rules as written, because your hand is for your eyes only. Mm-hmm. So, you know. For your eyes only. Exactly. So I couldn't, you know, say, Aaron, I see that you have this specific tunnel card. You have to play this here, and then I'll play mine, and now you play your other card here. There were some really weird conversations we had during this game, because like you said in the rules, it, it says you can't directly tell people what you have. So we would end up saying things like, I have a solution for this situation. Oh, yeah. I mean, we would just kind of, we ended up being like, I can end this tunnel. I can end this tunnel. I can put something here. That's sort of, to me, that's not strategy. That's that's not even good communication. You're not given the tools to do that. I think it's decent communication, but it, you know, again, then you're just, it's like a, it's more like an exercise than a game, the way it feels. Um, but so, you know, this does get a three out of five on the Ko-Fi score, which we've played other games that felt a lot more involved in a cooperative sense that had a similar rating. So, um, you know, take that as you will. But yes, this this doesn't really require cooperation to play the game. But when you're playing with other people, 
um, you even then don't have to cooperate. Like you could just not ever talk to each other and you might win or you might not, you know, everyone could just silently place their cards wherever they want. Like we said, this could be something that you played while you were like talking or listening to music or watching TV and you wouldn't have to directly chat about the game. Now, ideally it would help if you did, but sometimes it felt so arbitrary what we were getting that it didn't really seem like it was helping that much. Arbitrary is a really great way to describe the pickups in this game. Yeah. And, and many games have that, right? Like many games have these elements that are out of your control where you're just like drawing a hand or whatever. It's that once you have it, you're like, okay, then I just put this down. Like there's no additional strategy that you can do, you know, not really. Even if there is something like you have to discard your hand, but you can only pick up two or like there's some sort of pile that is, that is just no longer involved in the game. I think you're right. Arbitrary is a really great way to describe this. As you were uh, giving kind of your your most recent critique on it, I thought this is a game that I would feel maybe not happy, but fine playing on a first date because it, it does give you plenty of, of room for communication. You get to talk about the prison system. You get to talk about, have you ever dug a hole? Like there's plenty of really great topics wow. that, that you can mine. This is just back to our first date. <laughs> yeah. When I was like, Hey, you need to get me out of the hey, cell. Have you ever heard, <laughs> dug a hole? <laughs> Amazing first date conversation. Absolutely. Topic. Yeah. So I think that like kind of covers everything about Bandito. I mean, this is it's a, a relatively short discussion, but yeah, the game is pretty simple. Each game takes max like 15 minutes to if play. That, yeah. You right. will figure out if you're going to lose very soon. Yeah. Just make sure you at least have like a three foot by three foot surface to play on. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. even that could end up being not big enough, maybe. Um but yeah, the floor is a good option. That's the one thing we didn't try. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We didn't try the floor because we are old and we just need some sort of cushy surface. But I was just trying to imagine like a three foot by three foot surface. Like, I mean, we tried to play on our coffee table and yeah. ran out of room there too. I don't know why I went to this, but I just pictured Jack and Rose at the end of Titanic. Like, could they have played on the space? It was that bigger. That, that. That was bigger, than three, was by bigger three. than three by three. Yeah, I got a lot of James Cameron on my mind right now. Yeah. What a, what a, well, yeah. I was thinking like we talked about Twitter and the intro and there's been a lot of comparison to the musicians playing on the Titanic. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Full it, circle, it, It's baby. almost like that story is immortal in a way. Oh my goodness. It's almost so, like that story will never die. So, uh, we wanted to briefly chat about a game. I don't know. Do maybe we'll do a full episode on this at some point. Um, maybe we'll do like a spoiler cast on this for people that don't care about spoilers. Cause I think there's a lot to discuss, but I think that if we end up doing a, what's your favorite game of the year segment anytime soon, this is going to be fighting for my game of the year. Yeah. So the game that we're talking about is Immortality. Developed by Sam Barlow and Half Mermaid. What a name. So like which half do you think? The good half. Mm. Anyway, so <laughs> we'll if let you, you decide which is the good half. If you played her story, mm -hmm. uh, that is not exactly the same, but it's kind of as close as I think I can get. Yeah. Or if you played Telling Lies, it's a game that relies on a lot of full motion video. You watching the video, picking things out and trying to figure out what is going on in the clip, what, how it contributes to the overall story and finding connections between different clips. 
Right. So you get a little bit of background at the beginning, which is that there was an actress in the 70s and 80s. Marissa Marcel. Right. Who was like the the hot new shit. Like she was up and coming. Everyone was super excited. She got picked out of a bunch of like, what do they call it? Like out of an open casting call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She got picked to star in this movie in the 70s and then... After the movie was made, it never actually came out. But that's okay, because she was cast in a different movie, which was shot, sounded great, but... Something happened, and that movie never came out. And then she basically fell off the face of the earth, and nobody knew what happened. For 20 years. Well, maybe longer. Sure. But also in this story, there is a new actress... Right. Well, so so unclear. We, we we are getting into theory crafting because we yeah. haven't finished it. So but so basically, something's like, up. You also know that there's a newer movie that takes place in like I think the late nineties. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of basically what you're given yeah. is what happened to this actress. And it is difficult to talk about this game because the more we give you, the less you get to discover. Right. And, and like, but it, yeah. Something else that you are given is that. You you will be looking at um, like archival footage from these three movies. I think maybe none of them came out. I can't remember if none the of them came recent out. One came out. Uh, so at the beginning, it says this is all the behind the scenes stuff, right. and you can look at everything. So so what you're looking at is archival footage of rehearsals and film shoots and behind the scenes footage for these three movies that we just talked about. The one in the seventies. The, early there's 80s. two in the 70s, one yeah, in the late 90s. Yeah, and then um, one in the 90s. And as you're watching them, you're first of all, you're kind of figuring out what the plots were for these three movies and then what the relationships were between the actors and the directors and all of that. And as you play, some you know you sort of start to <laughs> be like, there's something else going on here. Like and that's, something doesn't smell right. Right. And that's really all we can say about the content because it's so like so much of this game is about discovery. But the really interesting thing that they do is as you're watching all of these clips, you can pause them at any point and then go into image mode, right? Special image mode where you can click on many things, not everything, but many things within the scene. And it will take you to another scene, maybe in a behind the scenes video or in another movie. It will just take you to something else that has that same thing in it. So for instance, if Marissa Marcel's in a scene, uh, in this behind the scenes clip and the director comes in and starts talking to her, you can go into image mode, Click on the director's face and it'll show you another clip that the director is in, giving you more information as to what's going on. But you can also do that if there's like a necklace that somebody is wearing Mm -hmm. in a scene. Sometimes you can click on the necklace or even like a couch that's in a scene. Like you can (laughs) click on that and it'll take you. It's not always the exact same couch, but it might be like another couch in a different scene. But it's, it's so fun to like stop a scene to see what you can click on. And then you make this mental note of like, I need to go back and I need to get the wine glass. I got to get the right. apple. I got to get the co-star because there's just so much information and putting this puzzle together. I think cooperatively, it's been really fun to theory craft and, and check in with you about what we think is happening. There yeah. was one theory I had where I was like, I'm certain this is it. And I think I talked for like three minutes straight. And then <laughs> and you're like, like, no, that's not, <laughs> no, that can't happen because of this. And it's just constant 
like lights going off in my head. Right. And in case it's not clear, so you only have a couple of clips to start. And each time you do this image mode where you like click through to another scene, it's adding another clip to your collection. So now we're not done yet, but we have like 40, 45 mm-hmm. scenes And or you something. can favorite them so that they come up more easily. We haven't done that. We should Yeah, do that. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. So um, I looked at a tips and tricks today. Yeah, so, so <laughs> they're... There are ways to kind of organize the clips that you're looking at, um, which is good because you will eventually get to a point where you want to like keep certain ones in mind. So we should go and favorite some of the ones that we've been looking at. Um, but you're sort of building out this repertoire of scenes. And I'm, I think it feels like they fully filmed three movies to make this game. Absolutely. Like, it the- is crazy the level of detail and quality and and not only the movies, but then also the rehearsals. Yeah. And and for us, <laughs> they're rehearsals, right? But like the people that made this also had to rehearse the rehearsal scenes. They are acting on like three different platforms because yeah. they are the character in the film they're doing. They are the ulterior motive of the actor playing the character. And then sometimes there's just some stuff where you're like, this person has ulterior motives. Right. Um, I think this is really important, and I would say this is the most interesting part about this game's release. So it's available on Steam, uh, Android, iOS. It is now available on Netflix on mobile platforms. So if you watch on a phone or a tablet and you have a Netflix Netflix subscription, you have this game. This is a Game Pass game. This is typically a $20 game, but if you're a member of Game Pass, either on Xbox or PC, you have this in your collection. I'm so curious why this isn't on PlayStation or isn't on Switch, at least a cloud version. Well, so I was well, going to also mention... There's a lot of nudity, so maybe it's not on Nintendo. So I was going to mention <laughs> that that there are some content warnings for this game. There's nudity, there's violence, um, and there's sex, and there's also sexual assault. So mm-hmm. that especially I want to point out... Um, it's unclear if all of the sexual assault is like simulated acting in the entire game. We haven't watched all of it, but I would be unsurprised at this point if mm-hmm. there is some real sexual assault. I mean, quote unquote real. Yeah. Right. It's all actually acted. But like so far, what we've seen has been, you know, movie scenes and rehearsed movie scenes. Unclear if there will be actual sexual assault. But um, I've said that phrase now a lot of times in two minutes, but that (laughs) is just, I want to really uh, emphasize that because it's multiple scenes and because of the nature of the game, you might come across it unexpectedly multiple times. So I'm, I'm sure somebody has tried to like help people avoid it if they can, Mm -hmm. um, if you look online, but I do think it would be kind of difficult just because it's unpredictable when you come across this stuff. Um, But apart from that, yes, there's like a lot of sex and nudity, um, some violence that is like, you know, gunshots and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it is, it becomes creepy and scary at parts. So this is definitely, (laughs) it can be a spooky game, which is a a tiny bit of a spoiler, I think, but it's important to know if you're, you know, it's again, it's a content warning. Yeah. And I love a spooky game. This was a really fantastic game to continue playing during long Halloween. But when the game gets spooky, 
it doesn't fuck around. It yeah, really I don't want to spooky, and I I'm, I really don't want to like spoil it because no to no me- no I, I like I can't say more than that. It's more just the experience of playing this game. I think with you it has been really fantastic. It actually is like very helpful to play with another person. There's mm-hmm. a lot to keep track of on your own. So I mean, it's not again. We're just holding one controller, right? Yeah. It, there's it's not really a game that you're playing like together, but mm-hmm. it's it's like any kind of like walking simulator game or anything like that. It's a story that you can go through together. But there's just a lot to keep track of, and it's really helpful to have two brains. Yeah, and. I'm sure that we'll talk about this game on another episode, but I am so impressed with just the feat of what this game does mm-hmm. and the production values. And you may hear that they, they had to recreate a movie that looks like it was from the 70s. It really, really does. They right. they painstakingly lit the scenes in the correct way, used lenses the right way. The The cinematography of all three films looked distinct. And I can only imagine how much work was done pre-production and in post to achieve those effects. So even if you're just like a movie junkie, you should definitely check it out. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It is, it's just astonishing to think about. And all games require a ton of work, right? But I don't develop games, video games. And so it's, it's harder for me to see like how many hours of code went into a game. But with something like this, like I as just a normie can totally see how many hours it has to have taken for them to do this. Like it's just mind boggling and really impressive. And it's a really fun and interesting game too. It's not just impressive. Like it really draws you in. I, I feel like all of us talking about it right now, I want to just go play it because I feel like we're, we have to be close to the end. I don't know. I, I don't know. It could have layers upon layers more than it already does, but I think we should wrap this up. Yes. We should get some food and we should play and hopefully finish Immortality. <laughs> oh, All wait, right. wait. I, I got one thing. If you think that this uh, compliment for the game is not enough, I have, because we, we told some friends to go play this, a buddy of mine said, uh, text me at 1.50 today after showing him a clip and he says, can't confirm Immortality is fucking nuts. Not at all what I thought it would be even after seeing it in action last night. And it's honestly been occupying my head all day. So mm-hmm. don't take it from me. Take it from my friend. That's definitely real. <laughs> <laughs> Paul. Yeah, thanks. He texted himself. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I do. Um, should, we, uh, should we go to the outro? Should we go to that zone? I think let's do it. All right. Well, everybody, uh, Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Cooperatives. As always, this podcast is produced every other week for your enjoyment and ours. I love doing this show. Thank you for doing this show. Thank you for doing this show. Uh, Come back often. Feel free to add The Cooperatives to your favorite podcatcher. As always, reviews are very welcome and they help the show succeed and they really just brighten our day. You can follow The Cooperatives on Twitter at CooperativesPod and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash CooperativesPod. Hey, if there's a particular game you think we should play, let us know. That's how we found out about Bandito. That's how we found out about some of the other games we've covered since coming back. And we just love to hear from you. Last but not least, you can join us on Discord by going to bit.ly slash Discord, And you can join the conversation there. All right, Liz, you want to go have some uh, Skyline chili? It's not Skyline. It's, it's homemade. Okay, but... It's spaghetti chili. Spaghetti chili. Let's do it. Spachili? No. Okay. 
All right, I love you. Bye. Bye.